Have you know that I was just as surprised as you were? (laughs) I got a hundred bucks, says Lucy. No way he did that on purpose. He clicked the wrong audio file. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) You know, you can rename those, you know, so you can say, hey, dummy, use this one. Well, uh, I, dot in wave. fact, I do. I have it. I have the one I'm supposed to use in all caps. Oh and, yeah, uh, that basically says use this one. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was good. That's a way to start things off tonight. Oh man. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, show's over. All right, because <laughs> it just kept going and going and going too. Right. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's too funny. Well, so, uh, so yeah, so here we are. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of a error of an error-free fusion <laughs> underground. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. was like, oh wow, check that out. That yeah. was interesting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um. That was good. Change it up a little bit. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I'll get hate mail saying, why did you change the song again? Nah, <laughs> no, we're just keeping everybody fresh. Right. That's, that's right. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was on purpose. It was, it was deliberate. It was deliberate. <laughs> it was deliberate. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to season five, episode nine. Number 57 of the Fusion Underground. Here in the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principal discussions. I know, it sounds weird. Principal discussions. 
yeah, about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. As always, I'm your host, Benoit Ramirez, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by my co-host, Jason Moret. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. Good. You? I'm doing well. Good. Yeah, doing good. So here we are. And we actually, so on today's show, we're actually going to be talking about left-wing politics. You mentioned that. That'll be interesting. We, we've been kind of dancing around politics for a while, but... Um, we have. Yeah, we have. No, I think it'll be good. We can do that. Um, and and the reason the reason why is I've noticed of late, I don't know if it's just recently or if it's just a new phenomenon or if it's come back around. I've noticed it in the past and then it kind of lulled. But what I've been noticing is that there's been an extensive number of people who uh, they identify as liberals and yet and and they essentially chastise anybody who that they believe who they believe is on the right and what i've of, often found very interesting is those types of people when um well when you talk to them you find out a couple of things one they tend to know absolutely nothing about right-wing politics at all correct and, and two more often than not most of the things that they actually believe in are actually more conservative than they are liberal. Or at least more conservative than they think. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Which, which, which tells me that a, a lot of people, I think, have more in common than they actually think they do. Oh, with I can other, agree with, with other people. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with, especially with those of us on the right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but then again, you and I have talked about trying to have a rational, uh, principle-based discussion with people on the left, and mm-hmm. I think the um, the deficit lies with conservative or right-wing people, if you will, because we yeah. try to have rational arguments. Right, um, right. And and most of the time, the the liberal ideology actually has hold of people so vehemently that they get defensive almost emotionally immediately. Mm-hmm. So those rational based discussions, um, you know, fall apart very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, now here's a question for you. I've seen this question posted uh, a couple of times this week on social media. And, and the question is this, can you be friends with somebody who is left wing? <clears throat> So I think you can, it's incredibly difficult. And, and I, I think if you have, um, if you're coming from a place of, of values and principles, you mm-hmm. can have disagree disagreements on, um, policy. You can have disagreements on, um, even ideology to a point that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be enemies. Now Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're probably going to have a best friend um, Mm -hmm. who is dichotomously opposite from you in that regard. And I, I say that I think more of the, what I'm referring to is probably more of what you and I call the uh, blue dog Democrat. Mm -hmm. Um, I can have a friend who's a blue dog Democrat and we can have principal discussions and debates and, and probably walk away as friends. The problem is the liberal left right now has gone so far left to the right. point where there's a almost an adamant detestation 
of mm-hmm. people who are conservative. Um, how can you be friends with somebody who protests and profess to hate your guts because of who you sure. are and what you believe? That's right. very, very difficult. Right. And yet I feel like the burden always falls to right-wing conservatives to try and extend the olive branch to reach across Mm -hmm. the aisle. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very rarely ever uh, reciprocated, which is unfortunate, especially coming from the party of um, love and understanding. The party of tolerance. Yes. Thank you. Right. Right. Well, you know, I'm going to answer that question for myself. Uh, I'm not opposed to being friends with somebody who's left-wing. But I'm going to be really honest with with folks. It's really difficult to be friends with somebody who is left wing. And I'll tell you why. Not because they have a different belief system than me or they have a different value system than me. Uh, The the reason why I find it very, um, I find people who are left wing to be quite obnoxious. So when, when we're hanging out, maybe having dinner, I tend to keep my politics out of a lot of topics. And what I find really interesting is people often ask me what I think. And I really try to avoid that. <laughs> you don't um, want to know what I think. You, you think you do, but you really don't. Right. Well, and, and the reason is because what I think today is a product of years worth of reading and synthesis to get me to this point. And so I find it very difficult in an, even in an hour conversation to try to explain the rationale behind a particular policy or political belief that I, that I hold. But everybody who listens to this show knows that by the way. (laughs) (laughs) True. But here's the, here's the problem that I have with folks who are left wing when I'm, when I'm hanging out with them and we're having a beer or drinking wine or having dinner or something like that. It, I, I tend to stay away from the topic of politics. I tend to, I, I, I'll know that they are left-leaning. I don't make any uh, attempts to engage them in political conversation. I tend to ignore those kinds of conversations entirely. And then they will invariably mention it uh, and they bring up a topic as if it is a wide known fact. For example, sitting there and then out of the blue, well, you know, those crazies who own guns and they just think that they're better than everybody else and they want to run around and they're just waiting for somebody to get in their face so they can shoot them. I'm like, now where the hell did that come from? We were talking about cheese for crying out loud. You know? <laughs> right, and, right. And it's, 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 those, it's those types of situations that it just makes it so that it's like, look, I don't even want to hang out with you anymore. The, the proverbial you, right? The, the, right, right, the left wing leaning you the use um, people the use people because i i want to avoid those kind of conversations because if if they get into look if you're left wing and and we're hanging out together there's no way i'm going to change your mind and there's absolutely zero way you're going to change mind why because i think what you believe in is poison why would i willingly imbibe poison i'm not going to do that and so we're not going to change each other's mind. So don't even talk about it. And, and often when people ask me, especially when they're left wing, they engage in a 
they, they don't engage in a desire to want to know what I think. Mm-hmm. They engage in a way that is, well, you're the crazy person and let me tell you why you're crazy. I'm like, I don't even want, I don't have time for this. Yep. Write I, it down, I, put it right. on a sticky note and then leave it in my mailbox is sure. fine with me. There sure. No. Absolutely. Fine with me. And you know what? Let's just get it out of the way. If you're going to, you're going to say it anyway. So I'm a racist, bigot, homophobe, whatever, right? That's, that is the prevailing belief. So if, if that's what you want to believe that I, what I am, then fine. I'm, I'm that thing, I guess. Let's move on. Can we just move on? And so I find it very difficult to be friends, acquaintances with folks who are left-wing uh, because they're obnoxious. Mm-hmm. They're just obnoxious. I don't walk around with a Trump hat on. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't do that. I, I don't even have an American flag hanging in my front yard. Um, and, and, and I just, I don't understand why they just decide to come on in or they'll make flippant com, com, uh, com, comments such as, well, you know, when the, you know, United States just came in and colonized and took Mexico, you know, half of their land away and just claimed it for ourselves because we're colonizers. I'm like, well, wait, we're again, we're talking about wine. We're just hanging out. Why all of a sudden are you having to pull it down into this debased conversation? I don't understand. So, but anyway, we're going to talk about left-wing politics. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because I really want to, um, I really want to differentiate and I really want to start explaining conservatism to people. Okay. And I think that's, I think that's really important because one, our country is completely fractured, completely Mm -hmm. split. Uh, And, and I think, I think far too people, I think there are, I think there are so many people who have grown up, who were raised, for example, as a Democrat, and they've bought in to the idea that conservatives are evil. We hate people. Uh, We hate minorities. We hate people of color, et cetera. We hate uh, gays, transgenders. And the left is always trying to read our minds. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, I, I, I find it quite despicable. And I thought, I need to start talking about this more. Yep. And it's, it's, I think it's more than just even them trying to read our minds necessarily. It's, it's actually forcing that idea so far down the conservatives throat to the point where we feel it incumbent upon us to apologize for um, misgivings and misinterpretations of what we actually believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about it, the example you just gave about somebody, you know, say, well, you're just one of those crazy gun toting, blah, blah, blah. I mean, one of the first reactions you could say, well, I'm, I'm sorry if I gave you the impression to feel, why are you sorry? You've right. done nothing. I mean, but right. that's the natural reaction, even to try and neutralize a situation that didn't have anything to do with any of that. Right. <clears throat> and that happens more often than not, where it's it's not even on the defensive. It's almost on the, um, we're on an apology tour mm-hmm. for what other people's misconceptions about what conservatism is. Right. And and this is, I, I think it, we need to be clear too. It, it's not a Republican Democrat issue. Actually, it hasn't been a Republican Democrat real issue for some time. Mm-hmm. There's a vast difference between Republican and Democrat and liberal and conservative. And Absolutely. I think that's what you're going to try and touch on a little bit hopefully right. tonight. So. Right. 
And I want to split it away from the parties because it's very possible that Democrats could absolutely be conservative. I believe there's there, a lot of those there, actually. Well, there are some, but typically from a political, from a party standpoint, they're not. Uh, Correct. I think there are constituents who are. But it's yes. very possible that that the Democrat Party could say we're going to embrace a conservative, uh, conservative set of values. Um, so Democrat today it is synonymous with left with left wing politics, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Republicans, I don't even know what the hell they're identified with, I don't um, because they're most Republican, the, the the party itself. Most Republicans are not aligned with free market, you know, free market capitalism. They're not aligned with that. They're not aligned with conservatism at all. Uh, very few are. Um, and they're really just liberal light in a lot of respects. So, um, so when I, when I'm talking about left-wing politics, I mean, I, there, there are a, a vast number of Republicans who also fall into that bucket because I think many Republicans want to be invited to the cool parties. Mm-hmm. And so they're embracing left-wing politics so that they can get into those inner circles and be invited to the parties. So we'll, we'll talk about, we'll break down what, what it means to be left-wing politics here on the show. Okay. Um, before we do that, I, I got a couple of things that I wanted to share with you. All right. I thought it was just uh, pretty fantastic. I've seen you this You gave video me before. nightmares last week. So tell me that these are actually not going to scare me and keep no, me No, these are not going to scare you. These are not going to scare you. I thought, right. was, I thought these were kind of interesting. Uh, this one I've seen before um, a couple of years ago, but I, I was reminded of this one. And, um, and it always brings a, it does bring a smile to my face as the poster, the person who posted, reposted this video um, mentioned, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play this here. You see there's a, obviously it's really snowy. Probably in some Scandinavian Russian com- country, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I've got this little car here. It's pulled up. Obviously, they're they're stuck on this road now. They can't go. Right. Past each other. <clears throat> See how this guy's sitting in the cab? And the door's open right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys come up. Boom! And they just attack this guy. Oh wait! Is somebody watching us? Beat the hell out of this guy. He runs over their car. Oh. Fuck around and find out, man. And they did. <laughs> Don't pick on somebody with a bigger Tonka truck than you. No. <laughs> uh, yep. And this and then I found this video. I thought this video was uh, was pretty funny. These three guys are drunk off their ass, and, and yeah, they're, they're barely standing. The yeah, they're barely. Okay, standing. Nice. <laughs> Get your keys. Get your keys. He just face plants into the door. (laughs) Oh, Oh. what? You got a piece of (laughs) gunner. 
Now, keep in mind, the guy that face plants into the ring doorbell is the one yeah. that was holding up his buddy because right. right. he was having the hard time. Right. <laughs> He's the strong one of the group. <laughs> uh, I thought that was so funny. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and then I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Uh, okay. I found this little video. And uh, yeah. did you ever play volleyball? I did. I was on a couple teams, actually. Well, here you go. You might appreciate this, then. Okay. So this guy. Bump. 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 Yep. Going to set. Going to set. Going in slow nice. motion. <clears throat> Talk to me, Goose. Here he comes. He can feel it. He can taste the point. He can taste it. Up. Oh. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> Wait, that's still a live ball. Oh, but it's live and, and point. point. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's from uh, the uh the the behind the scenes, the cutscene right. from Tot Gun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, from Tot Gun. And have you ever heard of something called Hedis or Hedis? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. It's either I don't know how to pronounce this. It's either Hedis or Hedis. I think it's Hedis. Oh no, I haven't heard of that. I've heard of something that sounded an awful lot like what you said just a minute ago, and you got me kind mm. of okay. Keep going. Mm. Well, I, I never heard of this before, uh, but apparently this is a sport. Well, this looks like a drinking game. Oh my God. It's volleyball table tennis with your head and no paddle. I I don't I don't know what I don't know what to make of what I'm seeing here. <laughs> now I, in all fairness, there is a German flag in the front of this table. Leave it to the Germans to make something like that up and actually have spectators. <laughs> Obviously, that was made up during uh, Oktoberfest. Yep. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I've never, I've never heard of that. Have, you've never seen this before. No, but I, I know Germans, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually surprised we haven't done something like this in my house at some point growing up because. Yeah, makes sense to me. Anything like that makes sense after about a pony keg of beer by yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I've never heard of Hedis. Apparently, there's a there's one there's a sport. I don't know what it's called, but you actually it's like volleyball, but you can't use your hands. You can only use your your head, your you know your feet, your knees. I was going to say, that sounds an awful lot like what we just watched, except it was not volleyball, it was ping pong. Right, but that was ping pong. But there's one where it's like, it's it's volleyball, and you have dudes doing backflips up to kick the ball over the net. Uh, it's pretty crazy. That right? sounds crazy. That and sounds was, like a hit, a neck injury waiting to happen. <laughs> well, I think, it was, I think it was invented by, like, the Koreans or something like that. Like, the South Koreans or... Oh, man. Yeah. All okay. Right. So let's let's uh, let's get into some left wing politics here. And well, first of all, you know what I you know how I like to do this. I like to I like to define. Yes, we need to define 
<clears throat> certain we need some definitions because language matters because language does matter yes it language does. does matter so when we say when when you hear the question what is left-wing politics well what does that what does that mean what does left-wing politics mean sorry was that a question yeah, or uh, I'm, I'm, i thought you were well, giving i wanted to give you first dibs oh no to give you no 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 see yes i also know how you work so you're going to say, Jason, throw me out a definition out of your butt, and I'm going to tell you what I mean, and then you're going to go, well, here's what Webster says, so you're wrong. <laughs> so why don't you just save everybody the trouble, save me just a little bit of face, and just start with what does Webster say? <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Off your game. <laughs> That's totally funny. <clears throat> so left-wing politics refers to a type of political ideology where, where people support social equality and an egalitarian society. How would, would you say that, would you agree with that? Um, I, that sounds a little romanticized almost for me. Well, it is romanticized. That's a, you're exactly right. Mm, well, but and, even... And here, but here's okay. the reason why it's romanticized. Because who can say, well... I want equality. Don't you want equality? Don't no. you want an egalitarian society? No. No, I actually really don't. I know that sounds shocking to most, but I, I, I think the equality of opportunity is something we should strive for. But everyone who talks about equality is trying to shoot for equality of outcome. <laughs> And, well, and this is this is the problem with these types of, of mm -hmm. definitions to these terms because they're crafted in a way that sounds appealing, but the means and the ways and what is actually behind trying to actually get to these is not only inattainable, but I mean, it's destructive in its, in its makeup. Well, and that's the problem with, with ideologies to begin with, that the heart of an <clears throat> ideology lies a kernel of truth. There lies something that a lot of people, when, when they hear it, they can say, well, I like that. Who doesn't like, who doesn't want to live? I mean, if you were to walk down the street and you were to ask anybody and say, do you want to live in a society um, built on equality? Most people are probably going to tell you without knowing anything other right. than that, they're going to say, well, of course. Well, of course. Why would And I? of course, they might have different <clears throat> definitions for what equality means. Mm -hmm. But on its surface, living in a, in a society where that's built on equality sounds wonderful. Sure. <clears throat> sounds great. Tell me how. <laughs> right, right. So when you, when you, that's the thing with, with ideologies is there's, there's this little kernel, there's this little piece, this little teeny tiny piece that you can say, well, I, I can buy into that. And therefore that's the hook. And anything that opposes that, well, if you oppose left-wing politics, then, then you oppose, you are the enemy of a society built on equality. You're an opponent of equality. Mm -hmm. That, that's what ends up happening with an ideology. Well, and this is this is where I see left-wing politics right now. It's not the the peace and harmony and equality and, mm -hmm. and understanding and tolerance for all that's being shouted from the rooftops and being mm -hmm. marched down the streets. It's it's the exact opposite of all of that. Right. And it's a disdain for anyone who does not adhere to the ideology or if you will, um, sign up to join the cult, which is right. almost what it's become. 
So if let and let's just let's just go with that with with this thing of you know trying to support social equality and an egalitarian society because I want to unpack that. Okay. And the reason the way the reason why I pulled that definition together is I pulled it from a variety of sources that defines left-wing politics in very similar fashion using those words. Okay. And what that led me to believe it was that well, these were leftists going out there and posting what they, their definition of what left-wing politics is. So I don't believe that this definition satisfies a political science type of definition of left-wing politics. Agreed. Okay. And, and that's why I want to use this particular one, because I think, I think this type of definition, maybe not word for word, but believing in social equality, I think that is the concept that many people buy into when they say that they're Democrat or they say that they are a proponent of left-wing politicians. So let's, so let's unpack that because okay. I think people who might be listening to the show, they might identify as left-wing and they might identify as left-wing because they believe in social equality. And so let's kind of pull on that thread and see where that leads us. Well, and much to your earlier point, I think there may be even some conservatives or independents who say, mm -hmm. I don't consider myself left wing, but I can agree with an, with what you just said, mm -hmm. with living in a society based on that. So I think this would be good for everyone. Right, right. <clears throat> and and the, the difference here between a right wing political viewpoint is we have on the left hand side, we have, again, the support for social equality. But on the right-hand side, on the right side, it's not social equality that we tend to be proponents of. We tend to be proponents more along the lines of uh, equality under the law, mm -hmm. right? So that everybody is treated the same under the rule of law, mm -hmm. which means that's a, and that's a lot different. Well, and, and that goes to what you talked, you and I talked before about being treated equal and being treated right. fairly right fairly um and and yes there is an application of law there's an application of rules of of, of the societal rules and makeup mm -hmm. um not being judged based on your well the color of your skin your sex your race your credo your religious affiliation your your political beliefs whatever that is mm -hmm. okay. <clears throat> So then the next question, so we had that question, what is left-wing politics? And this lends to another question, which is how does the left propose to achieve social equality? If left-wing politics is about supporting social equality, well, then how does the left propose to achieve social equality? Uh, now, a big thing that we're seeing right now in left-wing politics, and well, and it's not just right now. I mean, it's it's been, it's been in existence for as long as left-wing politics at least has been in this country. And left-wing politics in America has always been a force that opposed existing power structures. Mm -hmm. okay? And we, we see this played out in the concept of the patriarchy. We have people, we have members on the left who are, you know, speaking out and they want to dismantle the patriarchy. They say that all, a lot. Mm -hmm. we, have, we hear feminist groups that are really... Um, vociferously against anything that has to do with the patriarchy. Uh, you And we also have other left-wing groups in the country today, which oppose 
white privilege, right? And they, they kind of package it up as this nebulous thing that's called white privilege. And of course, everything is considered white privilege today. Right. If you, uh, if you never had to wait long in line, well, then you're, you have white privilege. If you went to high school, you have white privilege. If you went to college, you have white privilege. And I'm not making these up. I mean, there have been lists where these kinds of very simple things like, well, you graduated high school in four years, uh, that's considered white privilege. Right. Which isn't, which is insane. Um, and if you've never been hungry, I think has been another one that I've seen that classifies you as having white privilege, which I think is absolutely ridiculous because humans need to eat food. And even if you have money, um, you get hungry. Yeah. Starvation is a different thing. Well, and that's just it. If, if you've never, I guess, quote unquote, experienced hunger as in, you know, the, the, the struggle of hunger, how am I going to eat today? Mm-hmm. That's different than just saying you've never been hungry. I can have a pantry full of food and a refrigerator overflowing and still go, man, I'm hungry. Right. Anybody can. I don't understand what the hell that has to do with being white or privileged or not or what, but right. whatever. There's, I don't want to poke holes in all these little things. I don't think that's the point of where you're going, but well, you, you can absolutely poke holes in them because that's what we're, that's actually what we, I want to do is I want to, I want to show how these, these ideas that they have, these concepts don't make sense. They don't hold, they don't pass the sniff test. So there are often things where it seems good on its surface. And when you, when you inspect it a little bit deeper, you realize, wait a minute, what are you supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to, how am I supposed to manage this? Or how am I supposed to achieve something? This is just, it's ill-defined and it, it has no form. It has no shape. It has no structure. And, and therefore we can't ac- actually um, achieve any of these lofty goals. So, you, you know, when you have, when you have a group, when you have people that say they oppose existing power structures, well, what do they intend to do with that? Well, when they're opposing existing power structures, the only way that they can achieve social equality is to dismantle those existing power structures. And we mm-hmm. see that with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, particularly with their anger toward uh, police departments around the country. They've called for the dismantling of police departments, literally the abolition of police forces. We've heard right. there have been uh, left-wing politicians who have called for the abolition of ICE. Yes. ICE, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Border Patrol. The Immigration and Customs Immig- Enforcement. Correct. Right. They have called for the disbandment of that organization. They're calling for the disbandment of police in various cities. And there might be people that say, oh, well, you know, you guys are crazy. Nobody would call for that. It's absolutely happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> and last year it was in uh, Minneapolis. There were riots in Minneapolis and black lives matter and Antifa called for the complete and total dismantle of the Minneapolis police force. And the, I believe it was Minneapolis, right? Where they had the, they had this gathering downtown. Mm-hmm. There were several hundred people that were there and the mayor came downtown he was a young guy, maybe early 40s. He came down there dressed in T-shirt and jeans, and he came down there to speak, and he got on their microphone, 
and he was talking to the crowd and they were, they were challenging him and they said, will you dismantle the police? And he kind of hemmed and hawed because he knew right. what he want. He knew what they, what he, he knew what they wanted him to say. So he was kind of being politician and stepping around it. I don't blame him. And they kept pressing him on the matter. And finally he answered the question truthfully. And he said, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to dismantle the police force. And they booed him off the stage. Mm-hmm. As my yeah. dog barks in the background, they, <laughs> they, they booed him off the stage and he left in shame and they taunted him and called him all kinds of names as he walked through the crowd. And all this was captured on video. So, you know, when you have people that want to dis- dismantle those power structures, you have to you have to ask yourself: Is that such a good idea? Well, okay. So let's just pretend that they were actually successful, and and so I, I like taking some of these arguments. I guess this way: Okay, let's dismantle the police force. Sure, no police, no sheriff, no law enforcement whatsoever. Na- and you know what? Just forget the cities. Just, just say nationwide. Right. Everybody has to fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. What do you advocate for such action believe will happen? What would you like to see happen? What is your hope would happen? I mean, because uh, let's just say we get rid of the police force. Okay. The angry the testosterone-driven, racist, intolerant police are now gone. Now what? Okay, great. What are we? What? What? What's going to happen next? The the oppressive police force is gone. Do you believe that we are all going to live in peace and harmony and sing kumbaya? Maybe. And um, do you believe that that crime will stop because the police are gone? That's what you believe. What do you what are you going to do in your home? Do you believe your home is safe? Do you believe your family is safe? If there is a f- no one to stop crime or violence around your neighborhood. Let alone I mean the city and and the nation, just your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There's nobody to stop crime. There's nothing to stop Who even you your call? neighbor. And if something happens, what do you do? Do you really believe all of the violence in the United States will cease when there's no one to enforce law and order? Well, look at what's happening in San Francisco right now. I think it was a little a little over a year ago, about a year ago, <clears throat> the city of San Francisco, they because of the BLM riots and the Antifa riots that were happening around the country, the city of San Francisco in their divine wisdom they passed a, a, a city ordinance that said that decriminalized um, theft from stores, shoplifting. They decriminalized shoplifting. And I think it was anything under $500. I might have the numbers wrong. It's a few oh. hundred dollars. I know that. It might even be as high as $900. Anyway, they, they decriminalized shoplifting. Um under a certain dollar amount and just made it so that it was, it was no longer uh, 
you know, subject to arrest. You're no longer subject to arrest and it's a misdemeanor. And at best, you can just be given a fine. And so wow. what happened immediately from there, there was there was, there were tons of video coming out of San Francisco inside various stores. I think some were Walgreens and CVS where you had people going into these stores and they were just taking anything and everything they wanted. Mm -hmm. There was an article about a week ago where CVS said that they have, that they might have to close several of their stores down in downtown San Francisco because the theft rates are so high now that they can't, it's no longer viable for them to stay in business for those for those stores to remain open because the store employees, they have no recourse. Right. There's nothing. Well, what are you going to do when you when, incentivize when six, people right. to actually just go in and take everything? Right. What incentive does the store have to actually stock the damn shelves at this point? I mean, and why would, and why would you not go in and take stuff? Nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah. You're not going to get arrested. The yep. city made that very clear. You're not going to be arrested. You're not going to do jail time. You're not going to have a criminal record because of your shoplifting. Mm-hmm. At best, you're going to be written. A, you're going to be given a ticket. Yeah, and so you probably know, far less than the amount of than the value, the dollar value of the items you shoplifted. Right. Well, and shoot, I I stopped into a Walgreens just because I had some hankering for some jelly beans and a Dr Pepper the other day. Well. Okay. I, I don't know why. I just I just did. <laughs> Judge me later. And I couldn't find jelly beans anyway, so it didn't matter. But um, I stopped in. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll grab that. I actually got a different bag of candy and something else. But yeah, if I shoot, if I can take up to $500 worth of stuff and, you know, sorry, I didn't bring my wallet today. See you guys. And just walk out. What the hell? <laughs> right. I mean, why would the store stay open for that? I mean, if you had a, a house and, and it was no longer illegal for anybody to walk in and take everything, at some point you're going to say, I'm going to stop buying stuff for my house. Right. I mean, because anything I have, somebody else is going to take and I have no recourse for that. So why have anything nice in my house? It's just going to get taken. Right. And, and, and the this- store has to rely on... And we were just having a discussion about minimum wage. I guess it's been quite a while now, but I mean, mm-hmm. you think about what the, the, the CVS or a Walgreens or any store, any business, mm-hmm. they have to pay their employees and they have to do that based on the sale of items in their store. And if it's no longer against the law for people yeah. to just come take it, then why would anybody buy it? And then they can't, they can't replace it. And they can't pay employees. Now you have people out on the street again with no job. And the store's going to say, what the hell with this? I'm out of here. That's, and that's they, insane. Well, and these, these types of, these types of <clears throat> ordinances, and let's face it, San Francisco is not a conservative city. This is a liberal, this is a far left liberal city in California. Yep. yep. And there are, there are left-wing proponents who they literally think, and and I'm not. Th- this is not me hypothesizing. I'm, I'm. 
repeating their words. I'm summarizing, I'm, I'm restating their words, but you have left-wing proponents who have said this. And that is, what they've said is they believe, a lot of left-wing proponents believe that when it comes to interacting in free markets, they believe it's a zero-sum game. In other words, they think that the corporations, the companies take advantage of the pores and and i'm thinking how can you even possibly come to such a conclusion because if you don't when you go into a store and when you give them money for something you leave with something of value right so you go into a grocery store you go into a store like cvs you give them twenty dollars and you buy twenty dollars worth of product you valued the product more than your $20. If you didn't, you would keep your $20 and go someplace else. Right. And so when you leave the store, you have product that you can now put to good use in your life in other ways, either whether it be Dr. Pepper and jelly beans or it, it's Band-Aids and medicine, whatever right. the case may be. Yeah. You're not leaving there with nothing you weren't taken advantage of. And the great thing about a market society like that is they don't take your money unless you want something. Well, and let's, let's flip this around a little bit. I mean, instead of looking at who's actually taking advantage of who. So, okay, here's an example. Not long ago, sometime last year, my son had a fever. He had, he was cutting his teeth. He's a baby. And, um, oh crap. We ran out of Tylenol. I got no Tylenol and I got no ibuprofen. You know what I did? I got in the truck. I went a block down the street in the middle of the night and immediately was able to walk out with medicine for my son. I won. I needed right. medicine. It was the middle of the night. I won. You know how many other countries in this world right now could not get life-sustaining medicine? at any time, let alone go, you know what? My kid's got a fever or he's got a toothache. I'm going to go down right now and get some medicine. I'll be back here in 10 minutes and I'll be able to give it to him and he'll be comfortable. And so will we. I don't even know what that cost. I don't even know what I paid for it because I didn't care. I needed it. He needed it. I was able to get it. I win. Who took advantage of who? You know, what what one thing that leftists don't say out loud when they oppose power structures what they don't say out, out loud is is that they have to they have to establish a new power structure mm -hmm. or the one that they dismantle right a newer a newer power structure will take its place and it's one defined by them mm -hmm. and i'll give you an example it was just from last year you fast, yeah, if you rewind back to 2020, early 2020, we had BLM and Antifa up in Seattle, Washington. And they had established that area in Seattle called Chaz. Right. Right. And they declared the Chaz block. They declared the Chaz block as being, as having seceded from the union. They declared they had this own independent state inside the united states mm -hmm. 
And what they did was they, they, they effectively dismantled the existing power structure because the state government, the city government had no authority in there anymore. And the local police force was not permitted to go into the Chaz area. But what happened? There was a there was a gangbanger, a leader of a gang that came in into Chaz. He brought his own gang members with him. And his gang members had all kinds of semi-automatic weapons. And they were walking around keeping the peace. Mm-hmm. So they so these these left-wing adherents, they kicked out the existing power structures. But then yet a left-wing power structure was reinstalled on top of it, which was worse than the prior power structure because at least the police officers are treating you, the vast majority of police officers, and I'm not making any excuses for bad cops. Are there some bad police officers? Yes. But I believe that the vast majority of police officers are acting not only with good intent, but they're following law. They're following right. the law as written. I would much rather take my chances with a police officer than I would with a gangbanger. Uh, yeah. I think In most terms, people would. Right. All, all bullshit and all fronting and all, um, all of the grandstanding aside, at the end of the day, most people would, regardless right. of what they say. I mean, if you look back at the Bolshevik Revolution, so you had in, in, in Russia, you had the czars that were in place and then the Bolsheviks revolted and they, th- and they threw out that, the existing power structure. And what did they replace it with? They replaced it, you know, Lenin took power mm-hmm. and they replaced it with the, the left-wing extremists who were no different than this gangbanger walking around with, with the weapons. And so now all of a sudden you had people that they had power and they realized they didn't have to follow the laws. Right. And it led to millions of Russians being murdered mm-hmm. because now you didn't have to follow. You had the, the old power structure that was in place that was keeping the peace it was re- it was replaced by a left-wing power structure. We've seen this not only in Bolshevik, we saw it not only in Chaz just a year ago, we saw it in the Soviet, the Soviet Union, in Russia with the rise of the Bolsheviks. We've seen it in Cuba with, the, with Castro and Che Guevara. We've seen it in China when, the, the, when Mao overthrew um, the existing power structures that were in China that were keeping the peace. And then he murdered, Mao murdered tens of millions of people over there. So everywhere that left-wing politics strives to overthrow a power structure, they replace it with something a thousand times worse. Right. And the, the impact of that is felt in bodies and a lot of them. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not trying to be overdramatic. I'm really no. not. It, it's, it's real. It's real. <laughs> it's and, absolutely real. You know, it, the, the best predicator of future behavior is past behavior. Correct. And we we've seen this before in multiple different places. It's not about whether it's here or there or somewhere else. It's it's when you get wrapped up in an ideology that is that in, invasively toxic, 
mm-hmm. to where you actually are willing to throw out the, the controls and systems that you have in place to keep order in the society. I mean, the immediate effect is going to be chaos. But as you and I have, have pointed out, nature abhors a vacuum. You cannot remove that without something else taking its place. And believe me, the people who are, who are marching for that, calling for that, they already have something in mind. Um, so back to, yes, when we were talking about, okay, let's just say you want to get rid of the, the police and all law enforcement. Then what? Then what? Right. Then what? And, you know, one of, the, one of the fascinating things about this is when the left dismantles that power structure, they, and when, it, they, when they replace that power structure with one of their own design, logically, the, the left should then oppose itself. They're opposed to power structures. Mm-hmm. But when they reestablish a new power structure, they should the same proponent should be opposing that new installed power structure. But yet they don't, and the and the reason why is because now the now it's the left that has the power structure. Now it's it's their power, right, 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 right. So you have the left groups who have retained, who have achieved power, all in the name of this egalitarian and social equality. Every every single left wing government that has that has been that has come into existence came into existence because they were battling the existing power structures and they were fighting for social equality this was all of the marxism all of that from mao Zedong, uh lenin the bolsheviks stalin che guevara you know everything going on in cuba venezuela all of that they all have opposed those existing power structures but then they by, by definition of opposing existing power structures, the left should oppose itself, but they don't because the, goal, the end game, it was to oppose the power structure so that we could achieve power, right. so that we could have the good stuff. You know, what's, what's going on right now in Israel with Israel and Palestine, right? The Palestinians are shooting rockets over there. I saw people on social media that were saying Hamas is not bad. They're not the bad guys here. And I thought, are you freaking kidding me? And, and the argument that members of the left are saying in support of Hamas is that Hamas was democratically elected in Palestine by, by the Palestinians. Yes, Hamas was democratically elected. Let's just say for the sake of argument that there was no rigging of that election. Let's just say for the sake of argument that it was a legitimate election and they won power based on a democratically elected process. Okay. I'll swallow that. Kind of. Hamas was supposed to only be in power for four years. There was supposed to be another election after four years. Mm-hmm. It's been 13 years and there has not been another democratic election in Gaza and the West Bank. Right. Hamas took power and they won't give it back. No, they've seized control. So here we have another <clears throat> example in recent memory where left-wing adherents have 
dismantled the existing power structure, replaced it with their own, and now they oppose anybody else who wants to dismantle their power structure. Well, and understandably, anybody in power doesn't want to give that up. I mean, look, at our, even our own politicians are in that same boat. I mean, you want to really see them squirm? Talk about term limits. I think, <laughs> but I and I and I, I'm with you there. And I think it's a little bit more egregious when it comes to the left. And and the reason why is because at the beginning of the show we were talking about how in that ideology there's a slight kernel of truth, and mm-hmm. often that kernel of truth, it it really speaks to our religious selves. Okay. Okay. So the idea of social equality, it speaks to that part within ourselves that feels good. We Mm -hmm. think most people hear that and they think, well, social equality, that sounds wonderful. I want to live in that kind of society. So it becomes something that you can easily adapt to, or you can easily buy into the general premise. The problem with that is especially with an ideology, it's only based on a very small part of what is actually true. So again, we have to have those definitions of what do we mean by social? What do we mean by equality? What do we mean when we bring those two words together? We have to be very specific and often ideologies don't do that. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you, once you accept <clears throat> that the idea of social equality is a good thing, then you have immediately taken upon, you immediately assumed the role of being righteous. Correct. So anybody who now opposes you is evil. Mm-hmm. So you are on the right, you are on the side of the angels. You are on the side of the righteousness. Anybody who opposes you is, is demonic and evil. Now you have a now you have good versus good versus evil. And now the left opposes any threat to their power structure because they believe themselves, or at least the argument that they tell all of their constituents and everything is we are on the side of the angels. Everybody else is not. And now we have a situation in America where we have Democrats who view Republicans or conservatives as evil people. Right. And I've said it before on this show where conservatives think that liberals are good people with bad ideas. Liberals think conservatives are evil people with evil ideas. Correct. And that is a dangerous place for society to, to exist. Yep. You, you erect the battlefield for heaven between heaven yeah. and hell. Yeah. And regardless of what that means, um, the ends will always justify the means. And that is a, that's a dangerous place to be in. at any time for anyone the the ends the means are always and should always be as as important as the ends and i think this is a it's a it's a stark difference between the liberal mindset and the conservative one i mean when we started out talking about equality i said okay i'm i'm for equality but how and i and remember when i i my first reaction was like okay how how do you mean to attain that what are you trying to because those things are extremely important if we can attain those in a in a value based and principle based way where 
it does not completely overturn the the existence of our society maybe we have something we can work towards together but i don't see how that's usually possible and i haven't heard one yet but when you and and i talked to you before about dehumanizing those who disagree with you and when you take somebody who disagrees with you and actually put them in a place where they are no longer human they are they are an enemy they're a thing they're an object um it takes the humanity out of you as the individual because it puts you in a place where you are now capable of doing things to another human being that you might not have otherwise been able to tolerate. Yeah. You know, an another example of how the left takes this, takes a slight kernel of truth and populates their ideology with it and then expands it is in the, in another example, which is care for your fellow man. And often often liberals, what they'll do is they'll go back to scripture and they'll, mm -hmm. they'll rope in Christ and they'll say, well, well, Christ told <laughs> you to do this. Christ told you to care for your fellow man. Yeah. You know what Christ did? Jesus did tell me to care for my fellow man. He told me to do that. He didn't say, Manuel, you go care for your fellow man by giving more money to the government and the government cares for your fellow man. He didn't say that. He said, no, me, I, it's my responsibility to do that it's up it's my obligation as a human as a good person to go out and do those types of things but yet who doesn't hear something that's like care for your fellow man and think that that's a bad idea people will typically agree to that well yes of course we should care for our fellow man and so now they can they've got you on there and now they can twist it and we need more money and we need to tax the rich and we need to give out all of these social things, um, all of these benefits. And we need to open the borders and allow anybody who to come into the country and they should have free reign in our country. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm all for caring for my fellow man, but I don't, ex but God doesn't expect me to become destitute in the process of doing so. Mm -hmm. Now, if I want to live an ascetic lifestyle and do that, that is entirely my choosing, right. but that's not what he's calling me to do. That's not right. what God asks of us. God doesn't say live in, live in complete and total destitution just so that you can bend over backwards and cut your own arms off to, to take care of your fellow man. That's not, that, that is not a valid expectation. But this is what ends up happening when you start creating all sorts of public policy based on one simple kernel of truth, which is care for your fellow man. Because the minute and the minute that you or I say, well, wait a minute, how far do we have to go? Mm -hmm. We are immediately labeled as evil. Right. We hate our fellow man. We don't want to care for them. And evil must be destroyed. And it's like, wait a minute. That's not what I said. Mm -hmm. I just right. want to know how far the expectations are supposed to be, are supposed well, to go. And, and what I'm, I'm willing to give, but sure. that's me being willing to give. You're telling me that that sentiment of caring for my fellow man means it's now okay for you to take. And that's different. I'm sorry. That is, that is extremely different. And there is nothing more laughable and terrifying than hearing a left 
leftist politician start throwing out scripture because 364 days out of the year um all of those church going folk who are stuck in the dark ages attached to their religious ideologies need to wake up and live the enlightened life and and come out of the 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 darkness and see the light that that liberalism offers yeah and 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 they detest people of faith i don't care what you hear them say on on the the stage in front of a crowd with a microphone in their face they detest people of faith because your affiliation to god or a church or a religion detracts from your religious and ideological affinity to liberalism and their agenda do not think for a minute that they actually give two craps about what you believe faith based other than the fact that they it takes away from what they are trying to tell you right and when you when you create that sense of you have one group of people standing on the side of righteousness and the other group of people are therefore by by default they don't even have to define it they don't even have to go through any gyrations to define the opposing side as evil all they have to say is we are righteous therefore we are good you oppose us the universe recognizes that any opposition to good is therefore evil therefore and in conclusion you conservatives must be evil Mm -hmm. that's how they get there and then what ends up happening is you start to develop people that are that are adherents to the ideology that they say well the evil must be destroyed right who doesn't disagree who who doesn't disagree that evil must be destroyed? evil must be destroyed who can disagree with that of course and now when you classify certain people as being evil, it makes it very easy for you to commit atrocities against them. That's what happened. That's what happens to the Jews all the time. They are, sure. they, are, they are painted as being less than human. They're painted mm-hmm. as being evil. All you have to do is go look at socialist and propaganda from World War I, World War II, and you'll see how... Jews that are characterized as being these like demonic, you know, large nose, they're all, you know, black hair, they're all hunched over and all this sort of thing. It's in the propaganda. And once you can, once you dehumanize a group of people and you call them evil, then it's easy to oppose them and it's easy to kill them, Mm -hmm. easy to commit atrocities against them because now your mind has been freed from any ramifications from doing something to a fellow human being. Right. And, and we have people in this country right now in 2021 who say they want to just punch Nazis. And when they say that they're referring to anybody that they label as being a Nazi or punch a fascist. So they're equating anybody who opposes the ideology, not even necessarily conservatives, just anybody who opposes leftist ideology is a fascist and therefore let's punch them. We can punch fascists all day long. Right. But remember, I I mentioned this to you before you don't, you cannot change an entire society all at once. An entire mental, you have to do that a bite sized piece at a time. So, okay. Punch a Nazi. 
Well, who who likes Nazis? Nobody right. likes Nazis. Right. So everybody can get behind that. Yep, I'm all for punching Nazis. We'll punch a fascist. Okay, I can do that too. Nobody likes a fascist. Well, what happens when you can be labeled as a Nazi or a fascist without any evidence whatsoever? Who gets to decide who those people are? Well, the leftists do. I'm uh, getting there. And that's, that's exactly where that's I'm headed. Terrible thing. So, you know, punch a conservative that we're not far from that. No, we're really not. not. And I mean, because one, all you have to do is equate that um, Nazis are fascists and fascists are conservatives. So there we go. They're evil. They're not human anyway. Well, and it becomes really easy because again, it's whoever opposes us is evil and not, and a fascist. Yep. If a conservative opposes them, well, then the conservative by definition is by the transitive property, the conservative is now a fascist so we can punch them. Right. That's, that's where this goes. Now, the, the reason why this whole concept of social equality or an egalitarian society is wrong because people would say, there are people that would say, well, what is wrong with social equality? What is wrong with, okay, maybe, yes, maybe a left-wing ideology is not the right way to go to attain social equality, but what is so fundamentally wrong with, a, with, socially, with social equality? Um, and the reason it's wrong is because inequality exists throughout nature in all shapes and sizes and forms. You're, you're never going to have anything in nature without some kind of hierarchy. And when you have hierarchy, by the sheer definition of what a hierarchy is, you have some things that are more equal than other things. Mm -hmm. Right. If they were all equal, you don't have any hierarchy anymore. Mm -hmm. But everything within nature has, even a beehive for crying out loud, has a hierarchy. It has a queen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and a and, bunch of worker bees and, and honeybee. I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. And even even in that hive, not every honeybee, not every bee has the same job. Mm -hmm. There are some bees that all they do is take care of the queen. And there are other bees that all they do is take care of the larvae and the little cocoons. And then there are other bees that go out and get honey. So you still have that hierarchy structured within a beehive, for crying out loud. And yep. so there inequality is you're always going to have inequality and especially amongst humans because there's just even if i want i don't know how to play the piano mm -hmm. but even if i decided tomorrow that i wanted to learn how to play the play the piano there are going to be people that exist in this world i know it's shocking but there are going to be people that are better at playing the piano than me mm -hmm. Even if I decide I'm going to start learning how to play the piano. Well, even if you and I were to decide to, okay, you and I are going to do a social equality experiment and we're going to start tomorrow, Monday, the 24th of May, and we're going to learn the piano. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you and I will accelerate at different rates. At, at different rates. You might, There's you no might pick way it up faster. I might do it better. You might do it faster. Right. You might go for four days and go, I don't, I don't freaking care anymore. I never right. wanted to play the piano in the, in the begin with, Jason. Right. How did you talk me into this crap? And you quit. There's e inequality that exists no matter what. 
your job, my job may afford us different time. I have a family that's a little bit more demanding at this stage in their lives than yours is at their lives. I mean, there's inequality that exists. Even if you were to take the two of us out of all of the social influences in our lives and put us in solitary confinement for two weeks, and all we had was me, you and a, and a piano and me in a piano, we would still learn at different rates. We would, it's not possible. Even with the exact same amount of time, practice, uh, mm -hmm. instruction, even with the same instructor, you and I are still going to learn it at different ways. And that's a very simplistic example, but it's an example that does illustrate that inequality does exist, even when we're given the exact same opportunity mm -hmm. to be successful at playing it, we're not going to, pro we're not going to progress at the same rate. And, and so this, this whole idea of inequality, well, I should say the whole idea of social equality, it feels good. And, when you have something that feels good, that becomes a very strong motivator to say, I can buy into the left-wing politics mm -hmm. because it feels good. And we, and there are a lot of people that say, well, I don't necessarily see what's wrong with social equality. It just, it feels good. But when you have people, so this is, this is the big fundamental difference between, well, there's two, there, there are, as I see it, I think there are two big fundamental differences between people on the left and people on the right for with people on the left they they have that kernel of truth that feels good they can't explain it they don't know they they don't they haven't done the thinking to even determine if it's if it's a good idea or not but it feels good and so it's a very strong motivator to adhere to the left wing stance the conservative says wait a minute there's something wrong here and we can't, we all can't be equal. Right. And that, that sounds, it sounds like we're being mean. Right. It does. And heartless and evil and it, cruel. Right. And who are you trying to step on? Correct. Um, what makes you, and it's no, no, no. Okay. So I had this same discussion. Let, let's just pretend. All right. You want social equality. Great. We're going to attain that. We're just going to do it. I'm going to snap my fingers right now and we're going to get there. So what? Everybody gets to be, I don't know, the CEO of their own multi-million dollar company. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. The entire, we'll just take the, the United States. The entire population of the United States gets their own company and they're the CEO. Nothing gets made. Correct. Nothing gets produced. Nobody makes any money. Nobody does anything and all of our companies go bankrupt because mm -hmm. we have nobody to actually work because we're the CEO. We don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, we have n nobody to go buy anything because, well, everybody else is a CEO too. Right. Um, everything falls apart. So when we're all on the exact same level, I don't care how high you think we need to try and aim because that's always the idea. I don't care if you put everybody 50 classes above their own, their own social economic class right now then that means we're all in the very bottom level together because there's there's no up there's no down we're all just right here on the level and guess what we've got nothing because i you know what i don't want to be the ceo of my company i really don't 
I, I want to continue to grow and continue to improve and continue to do better and make more money and, and make a better life. And in order for me to actually get that, let's say promotion or raise or whatever, I have to, frankly, I have to do it better than somebody else. And, or I have to at least do a good enough job, a damn good enough job so that somebody doesn't go find someone else to do it for me and probably cheaper. So I'm not trying to step on anyone else, but there's a natural hierarchy within, within any business and within any society. Um, you take the, and the whole argument that the free market is to blame for that, you know, bullshit. Sorry, I call it. That's just crap. You look at um, um, tribes, especially in, in the African provinces and in, in North Africa in particular, there's no money. <laughs> They do, they do not deal with, but you know what they have? They have a chief mm -hmm. and they have warriors and then they have farmers and they have, there is a social economic hierarchical, hierarchical structure there that has nothing to do with a free market society or capitalism or any of that crap. So don't tell me that it's the uh, financial impact that actually creates that and drives it. No, that exists where there's no, um, there's no currency at all. You know, one of the, one of the big, I, you know, I mentioned that there were two, what, that I believe that there are two main tenets or er, things that differentiate between people on the left and people on the right. And I think the first thing is that people on the left adhere to these feel good motivators and people on the right will say, well, there, there are limitations to everything. Mm -hmm. There are constraints. We don't have unlimited money, unlimited time. You know, yes, I can give a little bit of money to charity or donate whatever, but I, I can't give all of my money to charity. I can only give a little portion of it, right? And then a left-wing person might say, well, you hate, you hate your fellow man then if you're not going to give it more. You, you know, pay, pay your fair share, pay your fair share. Otherwise you hate right. people. It's like, no, I need to be able to survive as well. I need to be able to take care of my own responsibilities. But there's another, there's another fundamental principle or difference between the left and the right um, that I think happens. And I think the people on the left, they view the locus of control when it comes to blame. So if things happen that are bad in their lives, that they point the locus of the locus of that control is external to them. Yes. So I, you know, I, I got kicked out of school, not because I didn't go to class, not because I didn't do my homework, but because the instructor had it out for me. Mm -hmm. The state pulled my, my, uh, to my, you know, wish and reimbursement, right? They pulled my scholarship money. The state is no longer giving me financial aid. So I can't. Somebody is always to blame. There's no exactly. personal responsibility in any Right. Way. If the, if the state pulls my financial aid, I can't pay my tuition. Therefore, I have no other option but to leave school, mm -hmm. right? It, so people on the left tend to place that locus of control on external, external things. Right. Whereas people on the right tend to place the locus of control on themselves. Mm -hmm. So if I got kicked out of school, if I failed school, well, that, was, that must have been something that I did. So what was it that I can change or what did I do that resulted in me failing out? Now, right. 
Does that mean that everybody on both sides does that in all things? No, but on the big things, mm -hmm. it's often the case. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? Even if you do have a, a job that you got a boss who's picking on you, you know what? That happens. It does. But right, it's called when life. You have, it's called living life. Sorry, um, but even that person on the right goes, okay, yeah, my boss was an asshole. God, he was such a jerk. But here's what I probably could have done. Or I wonder if I could have done this different that wouldn't have cost me my job or, you know what I mean? Or we'll mm -hmm. always try and self-reflect. Or if you're, if you're conservative and you're out there and you don't do that, well, then you should it because right. otherwise, how are you going to not fail at your next one? I even mentioned, I think it was our last episode. I was talking about this exact same thing. You've got the leftist mentality who says that there's always somebody picking on them. There's always the job that's got it out for them. And they job hop all over the place because mm -hmm. people are just mean all over the place. I, I think I was talking about not being able to, um, we we're talking about bullies or mm -hmm. not ever having to deal with constructive criticism and they implode. It's, and it's always external blame. They didn't do for me. They were against me. They, the proverbial, they, that creates a very serious sentiment of anger mm -hmm. and hatred and, and distrust. So when you talk about taking they, whoever the they is, down, well, that's all of a sudden, that sounds very nice. That sounds very appealing. I don't like the they anyway. Well, you don't even know who they are. Well, I know, but they're against me. They've got to be because it's not me. It can't be me. I, I'm, I can't be held accountable or responsible for anything that's gone wrong in my life or why I don't have, I'm not the CEO of my own company and not making millions of dollars. It can't be me. It's got to be they, whoever they are. And by not even knowing who they are, again, that's absolutely dehumanizing those, whoever they are. And you can hate them and call for their heads on a pike all you want. And I'll give you an example of the difference between the locus of control. I mean, when we when we're looking at things that uh, the that Black Lives Matter is doing, I'll use them as an example, right? Okay, the the argument is blacks are killed by police officers. Okay, let's just let's accept that argument on face value for the time being. For the sake of argument, we're going to accept that for a moment. Okay. The leftist ideology, the leftist ideologue puts blame on the police officers. The police, the police are killing us. The police are poorly trained. It's the police who are the racists. The police are doing all of that. No, 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 don't pay any attention over here that the last guy that was killed was actually doing drugs and had a warrant out for his arrest and all of these sorts of things. You know, and pulled a arrest, gun on the cops. Pulled, or right. <laughs> I mean, we have all these different videos of these different situations and we learn that, well, it was the guy was the guy was a criminal. He was running away from the cops to begin with. He pulled a gun. They shot him. Uh, it makes total sense. Where, so the conservatives see that and say, well, wait a minute, the locus of control was on the perpetrator to begin with. He got killed because he made dumb decisions. Right. But the Black Lives Matter ideologues say, no, 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 just ignore that. The locus of control was on the police officers. They murdered him because he was black. And they immediately say, well, he was black. It doesn't even matter if the cop happened to be black too, which in some of these instances has been the case. Right. So the, nobody seems to be able to explain how a black police officer is racist against another black man that he shoots and kills. 
couldn't possibly because the other black man who died pulled a gun on the on the black police officer well no the system is racist too or you, you gotta you gotta remember that so even a black man who enters into the racist system of law enforcement will be so brainwashed by that system that right. he will then in turn be uh, self-racist or non, non-black identify. I don't even know how they do that right. anymore, but yeah, that's how, that's how racist the system is. Right. And that's a, that's <laughs> an example of the locus of control. And again, it fits in with the left-wing ideology, the left-wing ideology. What is it trying to do? It's trying to dismantle existing power structures. So whatever is going wrong in your life, is going wrong because of these external existing power structures. And if we dismantle those existing power structures, then our life over here can blossom. Right. Rather, rather than looking at your own self and saying, my life sucks, what, what am I doing that is causing my life to be in chaos and to suck right now? Right. And maybe there are things that I can do. Maybe if I stop selling drugs on the street corner. Maybe if I stop stealing from my neighbors, maybe if I get some kind of a skill or trade that is marketable, maybe if I start going to bed at an early hour, maybe if I start eating better, I'm going to have a better outlook on life. And maybe if I get a goal, I will have something that I can pursue and will give me purpose in life. Right. There are, if you take one person whose life is in chaos, there's probably a minimum of five things that they can change in their life right now that would put them on a slightly better trajectory toward being successful. Mm-hmm. Not may, may, they may not be entirely aimed at it, but they're, they're pointed this way. And if we make five little adjustments, we might get a little bit turned over here, but at least you're closer to being on the right path by making right. some small changes. So again, this concept of the locus of control, it fits really nicely within that differentiation with left-wing politics and left-wing ideologues. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the yep. last word before we close this out. Well, and, and I, I know I've used this um, phrase of my grandfather's before, but I'm going to do it again. You know, he used to ask me, "Is you're upset about something. Is there anything you can do to change it? Or is there anything you could have done to change it? And if you think about that and you say, well, no, he said, then let it go. Then let it go. Let it go. Because otherwise you're going to, you're going to obsess yourself with anger and hatred and, and you're going to drive yourself crazy for nothing. If there is something you could have done or can do, then it's your job. It's your duty. It's your responsibility to do it and change it and fix it. Because if you know that there's something you can now do to change that situation and you choose not to, it is entirely your fault, regardless of any of the external um, influences that affected the outcome of whatever that is. And I think we have lost as a, as a society, not we as a whole. Let me, let me take that back. There are a lot of people and I think the left is gathering them up and gobbling them up right now who refuse to look at their own participation in their own lives to take any responsibility for their own outcomes. And I think that's, that's a very, very sad 
sad state of affairs and it's something that i hope to see rectified and i hope um people out there in the sound of our voices actually take that if nothing else that we've said in the last nine seasons to heart good stuff all right uh well you know tell us how we're how we're stupid and wrong by sending us emails to uh contact at fusionunderground.com or tell us how we're awesome and right that's okay too we we read any and all feedback so send us an email tell us how we're screwed up um but uh remember you can find all of our stuff out at fusionunderground.com there you'll find links to our youtube videos to all of our different audio streams you can catch us on anchor breaker spotify google podcasts apple podcasts we're pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts um so and next time we'll we'll flip it and we'll spend a little bit more time talking about right-wing politics okay uh, and and maybe even talk about where the where that goes off the rails from time to time in in all essence in all um you know in the idea of sportsmanship in, in the idea of um what, what are we social equality How there, about you, that? Go. there, there you go there you go and social equality <laughs> so we'll, we'll pick we'll pick apart we'll, we'll pick on some on right-wing politics and we'll talk about that so okay. in the meantime for jason Moret. I'm Manuel Ramirez, and you've been listening to the Fusion Underground. Have a good night. Good night.